everybody. Welcome back to The Local Youth Worker. If you've been tuning in, you know that we have partnered with Crossway Books for the month of May, and Crossway is generously uh, giving away some some resources. Uh, Last week, Russell Sigler, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Russell, if you're listening. If that's incorrect, I'm sorry. But Russell uh, won the ESV Study Bible last week. Uh, Russell is in New Braunfels at Hope Presbyterian Church. So Russell, thank you for entering that. Um, For those of you listening today, you have another chance this week and then actually next. uh, We'll be giving away some more stuff. So stick around. Uh, I'll also be having a conversation uh, with Katie and Kurt about uh, the new book, Social Media Pressure. So stay tuned for that. All right. Uh, As I said, we're going to be giving away another resource through Crossway Books. Uh, Once again, thanking Crossway for partnering with us to celebrate the 400th episode of The Local Youth Worker. Uh, Just a reminder, people, you can go to crossway.org slash RYM40 and you can receive 40% off of selected titles um, on all sorts of topics. And so I'd encourage you to go check that out right now. There's a lot of things that are marked down. And if you spend over $30, you get uh, free shipping. So be sure to check those out. Uh, this week, uh, we are going to be giving away an ESV teen study Bible. Uh, These are fairly new. I think in the last month or so, Crossway has released these. And so uh, what you need to do to enter in uh, to this giveaway is simply uh, follow RYM on Instagram. Uh, You can tag a friend in the comments or simply comment in the post. You'll see uh, we will post something Monday and Wednesday about this ESV Teen Study Bible. All you have to do is follow RYM if you're not already doing that or simply comment uh, in the post. And that's it. That's all you have to do. And you will enter uh, for this uh, new ESV Teen Study Bible. So once again, just want to thank Crossway for their generosity to do this. Um, yeah, be sure to, to check out uh, just all things Crossway. Uh, go on their website, check out the titles that we have discounted, but then also there's just so many other titles uh, that Crossway has released that are great, and we want to encourage people to check those out. Um, as I said at the outset, uh, today is actually the release day for Social Media Pressure, Finding Peace Alongside Jesus. This is a new teen devotional, uh, as you will hear in just a minute in my conversation with Kurt and Katie. Uh, we will be talking about different ways in which you can use this. I mean, it's a devotional. People can read it by themselves, read it in a group. It can be a small group resource. Um, but be sure to check that out. Again, it releases today. There's uh, information in the show notes. also want to let our listeners know that we're excited that we have um, a notable guest, I guess we can say, um, referencing Kurt's comments. That was last week, if you tuned in. Um, but someone who's going to be joining us next week, Lord willing, is uh, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, Dr. R. Albert Moeller, Jr. I'm excited that he's able to come on. Um, this is in conjunction with our 400th episode. The timing did not work out uh, to have him on our 400th, but he will be joining us next week. So excited about that interview. Uh, for now, here is my conversation with Katie and Kurt. 
Hey everyone, I'm here once again with Katie Schneider and Kurt Cooper. Katie, Kurt, how's it going? Good. How are you, John? Um, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you guys on. Um, some people may be aware that today is the release day uh, for the book, Social Media Pressure, Finding Peace Alongside Jesus. Um, this is a teen devotional that RYM has produced in partnership with New Growth Press, and we're excited that it's it's out there. Uh, I know that some of our listeners listeners are aware that this has been on the horizon. Some of you may have pre-ordered the book. Um, I know Katie's helped a lot just kind of behind the scenes, kind of getting the word out, being a part of the launch team for this. And uh, Kurt, I know you've got a copy as well, um, and you've read it all. You're well-versed in it and, and all of that. Um, but we're going to talk about it today because it comes out today. If uh, you are not aware, please go check that out. It's a, um, daily devotional for teens and we might get into some of the specifics of it, but there are only four entries per week, um, which Kurt, how many does that make? If there are four per week and there are it makes four, four. that'd be 16. There you go. That's a <laughs> So my, my oldest son is on, I need, if you want to get in my world, my oldest son is on improper fractions right now. So that's what Ooh, we need to get. Yeah, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think we're getting into that a little bit later. So okay. stay, mm-hmm. stay tuned. Also, I um, thought it was a little aggressive that when you sent me a copy of this book that you'd written in the Ford, Kurt, you really need to read this. <laughs> John. <laughs> I didn't know if that was too on the nose or not. I mean, yeah. you know, just figured aggressive. <laughs> So you hear 16 entries in this devotional, and that's designed with the understanding teens are very busy. Uh, their lives are busy. And so we want to weave grace days in each week. So when you think of four entries per week, that allows students to kind of read it a little more slowly because, as you know, these entries are a little bit longer, too, if you look at it. Um, but there are several sections throughout where students can take a break and they don't need to, to feel like they have to read it all. So we'll kind of jump into maybe some of the, the more uh, specifics of the um, devotional. Uh, Katie, Kurt, I don't know who wants to jump in first. Just kind of initial thoughts of the devotional. And um, yeah, yes, Kurt, you've got your hand up. Oh, I was just going to say that... Uh, In the beginning section, I don't have my copy in front of me. I've already told John and Katie this because I actually gave my copy to uh, my coworker, Shay Henry, because she's doing a Bible study about social media with girls. And John sent me this book and I said, Shay, I've got something for you. So I gave it to her and she's been reading it and using it and she really enjoys it. But the part that I read before I gave it to her that I, I thought was interesting is the setup. Uh, the things that are listed that you need in order to do the Bible study. Could we could we talk about those for just a second? Um, because I thought, you know, yeah. there's, there's a couple of things listed, right? You even say you, you want to get a pen or a highlighter or something where you can underline. Uh, but the most important thing I thought was is that you need somebody else. Um, yeah. And I can't remember the word you used for that. Um, it wasn't accountability partner. It was... Um, well, I've got the, the word, but uh, Katie's got the, the book in front of her. Do you want to? Yeah, and alongside her. That's it. I knew it started with an A. And uh, uh, that, anyway, I, I thought that was really interesting for a couple of reasons, but maybe the most interesting reason for that, or the most interesting aspect of that is 
is that so much of social media is isolating, <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're connected. I'm putting air quotes up on a podcast, which is so dumb. Um, but you're, you're connected to other people, but you're really not, you're really by yourself. And, uh, anyway, I thought that was, I think that's an important aspect. I thought it was kind of genius to have it in there. So something I really enjoyed right off the bat. Yeah. And I, I can't take, uh, too much credit for that because Drew Hill is a series editor and just kind of some quick background. And then Katie, I'd love for you just to kind of chime in with some initial thoughts of the book, but Drew Hill wrote the book alongside and it won a Christian book award, I think maybe 2018 when it came out. And so from that book, uh, he wrote uh, Alongside Jesus, which is a devotional written for teenagers because Alongside was written for adults. This is for teenagers. So his is the first in the, the series. Social Media Pressure is the second in the series of teen devotionals. And that was part of his design of having an alongsider um, that teenagers, as they read this devotional, they can also pick a mentor, a youth worker, a parent uh, to read it alongside them. And then at the end of each week, there are questions that the alongsider can can go through with with the student. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about that. But Katie, I'd love to just know any kind of initial thoughts you have about the, the devotional. Yeah, kind of similar to what Kurt was saying. I just I really appreciate that it's you know, it can be not just, uh, you know, certainly a team can do it by themselves, but the fact that, you know, it's encouraged to do it with other people, you know, as I was, I've only read the first, you know, couple of days worth, but, um, I just think not only could you use it, um, individually, but, you know, as Kurt mentioned, using it as a small group study, or, you know, I've been promoting it to my families to do like as a family, especially as we're coming up on summer and, kids are going to have more time to engage with their devices, you know, and let's be honest, adults need to, mm-hmm. to reflect on their social media usage as well. So what a cool opportunity to, you know, do this more as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also really appreciate um, that there's songs that go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I, you know, music that speaks the truths of scripture um, have just been so helpful. And I, I gave one of my priority copies to a student last night and, you know, she just real quickly perused through it. And she was like, there's songs with this. And she was just so excited that there was that Spotify playlist component that, you know, there's songs that speak to the truths that you're talking about in each entry. Um, so I just thought that's, you know, a really unique thing that doesn't happen with a lot of, um, other devotionals. Yeah. So I think th- I thought that was a really cool. Yeah. No, hey, John. Yeah. Hey, John, player. I was just going to say this might be a time to mention how they can find the Spotify playlist. Yeah. No, that, that was, that was my plan. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up because uh, there's so much about this devotion. I feel like I can kind of brag on because this wasn't my idea. It was uh, Drew Hill's kind of template that he came up with these. And I love that he had the idea to put songs at the end of each entry, because like you said, um, so many of those songs are driving home kind of the main theme of the entry, or if it's a entry that might uh, bring a little more conviction. Um, it's just an encouraging truth in a song that we need to be reminded of um, in the midst of that. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I'll put the the link in the show notes, but if people just go to Spotify and, and search for social media pressure, um, you'll be able to find that playlist. And I think 
There's 16 songs. Um, I'm looking guess, at it right now, and there are that, 16. Okay. Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember if there was an extra or, or two in there. So, um, yeah, so people can go uh, check that out. And, Kurt, if you're looking at it, you there's no, there's no song. The I was just going to say there's no song by the 90s R&B group Drew Hill on here, which would have been – that was fronted by Cisco. I don't know if you remember totally, them. But... <laughs> totally forgot to put them in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> somehow they didn't make it. Uh but what were you going to ask, John, about the playlist itself? Do you want to just uh, highlight a few of the names that are on there? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, RYM Worship is on there. I feel like we need to name check them immediately <laughs> since this is, um, you know, we're, we're helping ourselves. Uh, but uh, Ellie Holcomb, Matt Redman, Ben Rector, um, let's see, Andrew Peterson. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. Sandra McCracken, The Goat. Uh, and, uh, and then a lot of other people too. Uh, but, uh, anyway, it, it's, there's some, Trip Lee, there's some Matt Boswell, city of light. Those are yeah. just off the top of my head. Two guys named Shane, never heard of them, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a, there's, it's, it's a pretty good playlist. And the great thing about it is, is that as you come across songs, uh, as we come across songs that might reflect what we're going for in this, we, that could be added, right? You know, a playlist is a living thing. It could be, uh, it could be added to. So that would be really cool. Yeah. Well, let me, I, I want to ask the two of you because you're do, both doing youth ministry right now. And I mean, I have teenagers in my house. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of living this too. Um, and as I'm saying this, I'm remembering, uh, Katie, I did not introduce you really as you came on of kind of where you are because our listeners may know you've actually been on the podcast a handful of times, but you were Katie Van Epperen. Um, why don't you just, Katie Schneider, tell our listeners where you're living and what you're doing. Yeah, uh, my name's Katie Schneider. I live um, in Southeast Wisconsin, about 20 minutes outside Milwaukee. Um, and I am the director of youth ministry um, at Highview Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Um, and I've been there, oh, it'll be eight years. No, seven years um, in August. So yeah, I'm in the process of transitioning back out of maternity leave. Um, so I, I haven't had a, as much contact with my students the last few months, but I'm starting to get back into the swing of things, which has been really sweet, um, you know, because I miss doing life with them. So, yeah, Man, as that's... we're coming up to graduation season, I'm thinking of my seniors who are getting ready to graduate and, mm. you know, how they were like fourth graders when I started. And wow. it makes me feel really old. <laughs> that, that's awesome to hear you, you've been there that long and just that you're willing to come on this podcast when you have an 11 week old um, and be a part of this. <laughs> Thank you for, for being a part of this. Yeah, you get the award, um, whatever that is. Uh, awesome. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Add that to my resume. <laughs> yes. Um, so look, what I want to ask you to is just as we think about social media, um, what are uh, maybe current conversations you guys have had, current trends, anything that comes to mind that's just social media related um, that you're dealing with right now in ministry and Again, Katie, you're saying you, you've been on maternity leave, so you've been a little away from your students. But anything that comes to mind over the last few months or anything about this? I think the initial thing that jumps out to me, and I've had conversations with several of our kids, um, is just the amount of time that they spend on social media. Um, 
I, I'm thinking of one conversation in particular where one of my high school girls openly admitted, she's like, I had to set a timer for myself because I was spending hours endlessly scrolling TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that at least the older kids are at least starting to be kind of aware of, but the younger ones aren't yet. Um, but I think that's something that, you know, is worth paying attention to is just the amount of time, especially for our kids who are in school and, you know, most of them have Chromebooks or iPads. So they're on a screen all day and then they come home and they're on their screens all night. Um, it's just so much time in front of a screen. And while there are certainly good things about social media, um, much of it is not. Mm-hmm. So if that's something they're doing with a lot of their time, that can be that can be challenging to deal with and and kind of scary at the same time. So yeah, and and as you say that, I'm thinking, you know, um, as we talk about anxiety and depression, you know, related to social media and uh, smartphone usage, some of that can be hard to kind of draw a correlation to sometimes. But it seems like the statistic that is consistent is um, screen time and how that does feed anxiety and depression. So as you're saying, it's such a massive amount of their day, um, that it is concerning, uh, to think of how, um, yeah, that can be feeding, uh, anxiety and depression. Kurt, any, anything that comes to mind for you? I think, uh, nothing we can say, we're not going to break any new ground in this yeah. podcast because I feel like we talk about social media a lot just the in time. the church and, and, but, you know, it just the when thinking about the boys in my group and they probably, you know, they definitely spend too much time on their phones and too much time, um, you know, scrolling TikTok. Although in some ways, you know, we talk about video games later, maybe, but, you know, in some ways, video games keeps them off of their phone. Um, right. So that's <laughs> another screen. Right. But they're not like on social media. They're doing something else. Not necessarily good. Just an alternative. But uh, but I would say the thing that I've noticed is that because of its me- because social media is mediated communication, it just makes them less kind. Um, social media makes you less kind, mm-hmm. and and you gravitate toward people who say things that uh, that you wish you could say but feel like you can't for some reason, right? I've had a lot of conversations about who Andrew Tate is, right? I had to discover that for myself. Um, because, and it's kind of silly that I'm on this podcast in a lot of ways because uh, I'm off social media. I actually re-downloaded Instagram and, and opened up our youth account and looked at it for like five minutes before this started. Um, and I've since deleted it already because I just don't really care to be there. But, you know, I just see what people are doing. And, uh, you know, I just think it makes them, um, you know, it just, it makes them less kind. Uh, And it makes them just completely self-absorbed, right? The thing that I saw in my five minutes of scrolling was like, everyone's posting pictures of, you know, their little child when they're three and then when they're 10, it's like, how did this become this? And there's some kind of like thing, you know, some sappy music that goes with it or whatever, but it's just, (laughs) that's great for you. But I mean, like, why do I need to see that? I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me in any way. I don't know this child, you know, great. He can hit a home run now, but whatever. All that to say is that maybe maybe it's made me less kind. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but you know that's what I've noticed in my students 
is uh, it's made them less empathetic. Um, mm. And I think they're already, you know, high, a high school boy is already struggling with empathy. Um, you know, it's probably, you can't measure it. You have to dig for it. Um, it's so low, but uh, in many cases, but it, it just, it makes them, um, it makes them just a little, they're more likely to laugh at someone who doesn't need to be laughed at uh, uh, and more and less likely to, uh, uh, to reach out in kindness. So uh, yeah, you, I'm sure there are there. I'm sure that someone smarter than me could argue about the good things in social media, but to me, it's like way bad. It's, you know, uh, I, I just, in my, I, I say all the time to my wife, the internet might've been a mistake. I just say that like maybe, it was, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't want to be a downer or anything, but yeah. <laughs> no, like you said, I mean, not a downer. This is stuff a lot of us are aware, of, but that is an interesting point to think about because there is so much, I mean, as we say, there can be some good in social media and there there are ways in which it can be used for good. Um, and I think one of the ways is you, you do think it would in some ways foster more empathy because you're connecting with um you know, just a broader audience and you're seeing things that are happening all across the globe that could foster some empathy. But, but yeah, I mean, the negativity aspect and just making people less kind. And, you know, there's even a section in the book that talks about fail videos and um, just kind of watching some of those that can be funny at times. And I've watched plenty. Um, but then there's some where it's kind of like, are we laughing at this person or are we laughing with them? And then what's going on on a heart level with us. And so, you know, just trying to get students to kind of think through some of that. Um, Katie, I know you've been sitting over there. Do you have any, Oh, Kurt's got something else. Oh, I was just going to say, obviously fail videos are hilarious, but it depends on what you're laughing at. Right. Because yeah. Lots of times when you're laughing at that, you're laughing at it because you're like, man, I know what that feels like. And all you can do is, you know, and, and humor is tragedy plus time. Right. And uh, it's comedy. But uh, so but there's just a fine line really between uh, watch how quickly it goes from a fail video to like fight videos where people are fighting. Like I'm, I'm sure none of the girls in Katie's group are like, mm, I love fight videos, but a lot of boys do. and you're watching people get beat up and it's not funny. Um, but you know, that there, that's a big thing. That's a, that is a, one thing I have noticed is that people like to watch none of my boys have ever, most of my boys have never been in a real fist fight, which I think is hilarious considering how I grew up. But, um, but that, you know, then that like really does reduce your empathy, right? Cause you're watching people be physically hurt for your own entertainment. And it's just mm -hmm. a fine line between those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Katie, anything from you, anything else, uh, that, that the book brought up, anything you, you want to highlight or even just, um, yeah, female perspective on just some of the, the trends, the apps that, um, you know, may lend themselves more towards a female audience. Yeah. And I just, I feel like there's so much, um, you know, as we're talking about, I think Kurt, you mentioned it just a few minutes ago, just it, it's creating, um, a lot of self-absorption, you know, as I, you know, our church has like a youth Instagram page and, you know, on there, I can see not all of the kids, but some of the kids and their posts. And so many of them are just like pictures of themselves, like not pictures with friends doing things, not like, you know, them, I don't know, 
out with some friends or, you know, a picture of their cute dog, which apparently Kurt doesn't want to see pictures of that. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's just pictures of themselves in different poses. And I just, I'm, I, it, it bums me out that we've, there's that level of self-absorption that that's what they want to put out is not, you know, something that can be positing or uplifting or encouraging to somebody else, but it's just look at me, mm-hmm. um, you know, look at this cute outfit I'm wearing that may be borderline inappropriate. Um, look at this cool place where I am and this cool shot that I can get. That's probably been run through 17 filters. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, as you were mentioning, John, just the insecurities and the anxiety um, because kids don't, they're, they're looking for security. They're looking for um, identity, but they're looking for it in the wrong places. Um, and it just, it makes them so self-absorbed. Um, they can recognize it in other people, but fail to recognize it in themselves. Sure. Yeah. And it's interesting too, just to, it's it's hard for me to try to, to, to think of how this would have impacted me at that age. Cause it's like, I'm thinking of, you know, going on a youth trip and we had the disposable cameras, you know, and you might get like what, 24 pictures in that. And you had to use it really sparingly. And then you go get it developed at Walmart and then half of them didn't turn out. Um, and so it's like, I might have some pictures of myself in there, but not many. And to think of, you know, the amount of images of themselves they get to see all the time. And then not only that, but then the sharing it and people reacting to it. I just try to think of what that would have done to my heart at a young age and the impact. Um, it's hard to measure, you know, for, for our students. Um, so I'd love for us, you know, we've got a little bit more time. How do you guys think you might use this devotional, in your students' lives or try to encourage students? I mean, obviously, as we've said, um, it can be, you know, read just an individual devotional. They can do that. Uh, They can do it with the alongsider. I'm thinking, you know, small group-wise. To me, it seems like this could be almost a small group study. Katie, I see you nodding your head. Just some thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, just in the, the, I haven't had a chance yet to read through all of it, but, yeah, I just really appreciate that it gets at the heart behind social media usage, you know, not just, oh, social media is bad, Social you need to be off social media, um, but really helps us to recognize, like, the deeper reasons why we feel so drawn to social media, why we feel the need to post the things we do, why we're seeking the validation of others, and what that reveals about our own heart. Um, and I think that's something that our teens desperately need is that, you know, that introspection, which can be scary and hard, but we need to examine our own hearts and see where we need to make changes. Um, and to be able to do that alongside students, um, because I'm just as guilty as they are, Mm -hmm. um, especially coming off maternity leave, the amount of time that I've spent on social media in the last couple of months is embarrassing. Um, and so I, in a way I need this just as much as they do, um, to be able to look at, okay, you know, cause you, you break it into, you know, the first week is 
about God and what we need from God as we think about these conversations. And then, okay, others, what are we seeking from others? And then what does that say about ourselves? Um, I just think that's a really helpful framework because so often we forget that technology is a good gift from the Lord and can be used for really awesome things. It's when our sinful hearts get a hold of it that it becomes damaging. Um, so starting with God and his character and what social media could be, um, and then reflecting on the the sinful ways that we interact with that. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to use this just as like a small group study, um, maybe with some high schoolers. Um, you know, I don't know that I see this being like a formal, like Wednesday night something, but I would love to do like, you know, a morning before school over coffee, like just sit down and have these conversations. Um, I just think that could be super helpful, not only for them, but for me as well. Yeah, because so much of it, I mean, the devotional is obviously designed to um, just give, uh, yeah, foster reflection. And when we think of social media, I mean, it's the opposite of discernment and reflection and pausing and thinking. And so, um, you know, there are boundaries you can put up in place to help with social media and those can be helpful and have their place. But the importance is the heart and digging down into the heart. And that's really what um, I hope uh, this devotional slash study can can do. Uh, Kurt, I saw you nodding uh, as well. Uh, thoughts on how you might use this with students? Well, I think one way in which it, the devotional could be useful, and uh, this can be done outside the devotional, but I think it's a, a, a that the devotional is an avenue toward it, which is just um, fostering a passion for God's word and life in the spirit. Uh, if you think about it, you know, one thing that social media does is it, 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 you can see this in your students. I'm sure Katie would agree with this is, or I'm pretty sure she would, is that you can see in your students that social media drives out passion. Um, everything is supposed to be apathy. You're supposed to just be meh about, you know, if you, um, if, if you try, if, if you, if you care too much, then you're a try hard, right? And if you fall in love, then you're a simp. And if you, try, you know, <laughs> if, if you, um, try to be funny and you fail, you're cringe, right? And the whole thing is like, don't try, like, don't have passion, like be aloof. That is like the number one thing that that's, you know, why some people who are famous talk like this, because it sounds like they don't care. And um, I make fun of people when uh, quite a bit when they try to pull that voice off. But uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. But uh, <laughs> um, what does that say it's about a great Kurt's heart? Uh, I don't know. It's, listen, we don't have a pot time in this podcast <laughs> in the depths of my sin. But um, but it is a great like argumentative tool, right? It's like if someone says something you don't like, you just say it back in that voice, the exact same thing, and it immediately discredits what they said. <laughs> so stupid. Hey, but you're bringing up something important. There's there's this thread of fear. Everyone's afraid, and so the kind of way to uh, counter that is to act like you don't care and to not put yourself out there in any way that's risky because you're terrified of how, because they all realize they're performing um, constantly in front of them. Exactly. Audience. I mean, Katie talked about her, her kids just putting up like a post of themselves, like in some new outfit or 
you know, or whatever. And it's just to pose themselves. I mean, they're branding, right? They're like, mm-hmm. this might make me look good, you know, and they're performing and, you know, the other kids are like, that's cringe or that's, you know, or they're like, uh, oh, you know, I wish I could be you or whatever they say, you know, in the comments. Uh, I had a student say that, uh, that, uh, boys had, what did he say? Just yes, uh, Tuesday morning, I had a, a Bible study and the boys were like, um, boys give insults that aren't real insults and girls give compliments that aren't real compliments. That was, that was basically what he said. Wait, and a um, student, one of your students said that? Yeah. A sophomore in high school wow. said that boy, boys give insults, but they're not really insults. Girls give compliments, but they're not really compliments. And, uh, and, I mean, insightful. look, any kind of like binary speech like that's probably, you know, I mean, he's painting with a pretty broad brush, but he's 16. He can have a yeah. broad brush. If yeah. he wants. But, you know, uh, the, the, the bottom line is, is that, you know, I, I would hope that the reason we would use this devotional is to say there is something that we can be passionate about. And it's not cringe to love Jesus. And you're not trying hard to live a holy life. You're not a try hard. Um, or you're not a simp or whatever, you know, whatever, not, I'm probably not even using those words the right way. But the point is, is that, you know, what we believe there is something that we're not aloof about, that we're not, um, that, that we do care about and uh, that we don't have a blase attitude about. And it's that we have the words of life. And, and so anything that's kind of using, trying to draw our students out of that uh, celebration of, uh, of passivity and into like a life in the spirit led by the spirit. Um, uh, that's something that I think is worth pursuing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one last thing, um, I, I guess that we have not talked about yet in the devotional is the alongside practice. Um, so if anyone gets this devotional, you'll see it begins with a scripture and then there's some questions about that scripture and then there's a story and then, it ends with an alongside practice. And so it's basically a glorified action item. Um, you know, a student reads this entry and then it's kind of like, so what? What do I do now? Well, here's a suggested practice for you to do. And some of them are should just be fun. Some of them can be done in a group. Some of them kind of more behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something, I mean, could you guys see... Um, like trying to think of a small group um, because, I, you know, as I was thinking about the layout for this, I definitely saw myself sitting down at, you know, we're talking about a prayer breakfast or um, just a small group of students and working through this, um, thinking about how you could use some of those alongside practices with students. Katie, Kurt, do y'all have, uh, it almost sounds like a one person, Katie, Kurt. Um, Be a good name. Start yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> almost like Katie Couric. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts on the alongside practice uh, for me, the one of you? And I know, look, we said full disclosure. You guys have not got, you know, read the entire thing and Kurt lost his. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You know what? Mm, that <laughs> shot's <a> fired. <laughs> Insults they don't mean. Insults they don't mean um, are clearly not true. No, I mean, you look. Okay, so in my context, in the culture where I minister, I don't know what Southeast Wisconsin is like, but I know what Southeast Alabama is like. And, you know, we might tend toward Pharisaism just a little bit in the Southern church. 
And uh, to be fair, just a um, yeah, but I, well, listen, I'll just say this, uh, you know, uh, Katie had a van in her, uh, in her maiden name. Right. And you know, those Dutch people, they're always like, if you're not Dutch, you're not much. So hold on. We need to put, I was just going to say, you're, you're not, <laughs> sounds like Southeast Wisconsin. Well, I mean, yeah. most but, of the, the churches I've been in since being a kid are sound very much like the ones in Southeast Alabama. So, well, the, the point being is that there's the indicative and the imperative, right? There's who we are in Christ and then what we are to do. And we like that second thing, right? That's a thing that Pharisees like, but like that it's, you know, obviously God considers the imperative important too, because he gives imperatives, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the useful part of the Bible study, and I remember I've read the first week and, and saw exactly what you're talking about, is that it does give you what I would call homework, right? But it's not, uh, this is how I'm going to be right with Jesus. This is how just I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to grow in my faith and my dependence on him. And so I think it's wonderful that it has that. I think probably most teen Bible studies should have something like that. It's like, okay, nice Bible study. Now, what do I do? I try to do on my own with my Bible study with my students. I will say to the boys on Tuesday morning, I'll say, when's the last time someone's given you a compliment that you really appreciated? Someone's really encouraged you. Okay. And then the second question is, when's the last time that you've given someone a compliment or you've really encouraged someone? Who could you encourage this week? Find someone and do that. Like that's your homework. I don't check up on them about it, but like that's good, right? That's something that's a, there's a good, there's an opportunity to like put into practice what we're studying in our ivory tower. So I think it's a great addition to the Bible study. Yeah, I was just flipping through a couple of these. Um, and I think what I are cool about them. Um that sentence sounded terrible. I think what's really neat about them is they're so simple, um, but can still be challenging. Like this is from week one. I think this is day, day three, maybe. Um, and it says, I encourage you in the last practice, I encourage you to not look at your phone first thing in the morning for this practice. I want you to look at scripture first. Like that was our very simple things to do, but I know for me, when I, my phone is my alarm. So the first thing I look at in the morning is my phone. Mm -hmm. So while it's a very simple thing to do, it does, it is a challenge because you need to rethink how you do things. And you kind of walk through some of those things in here. Like, do you normally read scripture on your phone? Well, if you do that, get an actual Bible. Again, not, nothing that's like overly complicated, but does challenge us to think, some of our most basic habits that we have. Um, you know, there was another one I was just reading that literally just said, go outside and just appreciate the beauty of creation because Touch we don't grass. do that. Yeah. Because we're just staring down at our devices. Like that's not a hard thing to do, but how many of our kids don't ever step foot outside during the day, other than walking in and out of school or in and out of a sports practice or whatever. Um, that's a mean that's a meme online. Touch grass is a thing, right? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's a thing. I've, I've learned oh, that one. That. Um, is that is that they'll say if someone is too online, they'll be like, hey, you need to touch grass. Like, oh. um, that means like get outside. And get yeah. So. so they're all like very simple things to do. But 
are, are can be very challenging to just the way we live our lives. Um, so I think, I think they're great. I think they will be a great resource. Um, and again, a great challenge to our students and myself. I mean, like I said, I'm just as guilty as the teenagers are. So like yeah. thinking, okay, do I need to get a different alarm clock? Um, you know, instead of pulling up the Bible app on my phone, pulling out my study Bible and reading the physical thing. Those are not hard things, mm-hmm. um, but it does challenge me to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Well, just a reminder that devotional is called Social Media Pressure, Finding Peace Alongside Jesus. Uh, you can get that at Amazon. I will say if people are thinking about getting this for a small group resource, uh, New Growth Press uh, has some discounts on bulk orders. So um, that's something if you go to newgrowthpress.com um, or either newgrowth.com. Either way, I'll put the link in the show notes. People can can check that out. But um, yeah, we're grateful for the, I mean, the partnership, obviously, with New Growth Press, but then the timing of this, you know, as it's summer. I mean, Katie, I think it was you bringing this up, uh, you know, students being on their screens uh, is most likely going to go up. Well, this can be a good devotional to read through the summer um, to be a little more intentional uh, with that. So parents, youth workers, we hope uh, you pick this up and we hope it's a blessing uh, to your students, to families, to churches. So Katie, Kurt, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. Come and buy without money Oh, come and feast without